also would like you to uh, keep Lamar Drake in your prayers. Lamar will be uh, traveling to uh, Moffitt this week uh, to determine what's the best uh, step uh, for him as far as the cancer is, in, is concerned. I know he'd appreciate your prayers as well. Um, also, um, John and Susie Del Grosso, Susie's mom, uh, does have cancer. Uh, she um, had a broken femur. Uh, they did put a rod in it. Um, she will be able to walk, but her body will not heal correctly uh, because of the cancer. Her bone is basically just mush. And uh, so I know that John and Susie uh, would appreciate your prayers in the healing process uh, as they walk down that road. Um, also, a couple of people, Terry's here, uh, recovering from a heart calf. I also saw Bobby Gilmore. She's here as well. And so thank the Lord for those people that are out. Uh, please keep Pete Hackett in your prayers. Uh, I know that he is... Um, under the weather, uh, struggling with some health concerns. I know you appreciate um, your prayers. Also, I uh, would like to remind you, it's amazing how full it gets on Sunday mornings. And then when we say Sunday night business meeting, it's different. But I, this is just my challenge to you. Worship is awesome. Sunday night teaching with Pastor Andy is incredible. Sunday night family business meeting is beyond words. Because you're going to get a chance to see different ministry departments share how God has blessed ministry this year. It's really, really neat. And nobody will take any credit. There's nobody going to get, you know, the big head or thinking, oh, they're really special as far as ministry. But the Lord's just done some neat things. And so I just, you know, if you want to be blessed spiritually tonight because you hear what God is doing amongst the family, I just want to challenge you to be here. Uh, come back tonight, start at 6 o'clock. Uh, it will not be an hour and a half or two-hour meeting, um, so don't, don't worry. Well, we'll get you out of here on time. And uh, it will actually be less painful than going to the dentist. And since Dr. Horton's not here, I can say that. I don't see him anymore, so that's good. Um, but I really would like to, just to challenge you to come back. Um, you get a chance. We get a chance, and it's a really a privilege to open the Word of God. If you have your Bible, go with me to Judges with you on Sunday morning after Sunday morning. Uh, That is what we're called to do. We're excited about that. We count it a great privilege to open up the Word of God uh, with you as a family uh, on Sunday mornings. And I just, uh, oftentimes we don't get the time on Sunday mornings to be able to share the other things that God is doing in and amongst our family. And so tonight you'll get a chance to see what God is doing amongst the family. And so I'd love to have you be part of that and uh, and join with us in that um, tonight starting at 6 o'clock. We have the privilege to talk about the life of Samson. I'm just going to do, give you a couple of things that we talked about last week just as refreshing uh, to you. As I think about the life of Samson, we're gonna, you're really going to have to wrestle in 2015, I think, with the word faith. And so I was looking through uh, different definitions of faith, and um, Philip Yancey put it this way. I've learned that faith means trusting in advance, but will always make sense in reverse. And uh, most of us, as we go back and look back on our lives, we see, God, that makes perfect sense. But in the middle of it, it made no sense to us. So I want to challenge you with the word faith this year as we go along. I also want you to remind you, Hebrews 11, 6, without faith, it's in what? It's impossible for you to please God unless we live by faith. It's really important for us to remember because you go into uh, this year, you're going to enter, as we were praying this morning, you're going to enter in different hurricanes. God's going to do things to shake your world Uh, this year, 2015. I promise you that one way or the other. And it's really faith, he's challenging you and, and to, to shake your world 
so your faith remains true. So you strengthen that faith muscle in your life. As we also want to share with you just uh, briefly what we talked about last week, sin will hold you captive. Uh, we'll see that in the life of Samson. God does use sinners. And Samson's parents were a good example of the word faith and teachable. It's very important as you enter into 2015 to be your main teachable. That's going to take a lot of courage from you, and that's really going to stretch you. And so I hope that will be a blessing to you as you enter into 2015. Now, I want to go with you to, to back to the book of Judges. I'm, I, I'm going to go into Judges 14, but I want to start in Judges 13, verse 25. I want us to start there. Uh, as I've been studying and praying and thinking about this passage of Scripture, this passage of Scripture, as I look at Judges chapter 14, it can take us a lot of different ways. It has one meaning, but there's a lot of things you can pull out of this passage of Scripture. And I've really, really struggled. Lord, which way should we go with this, this passage of Scripture? Now, in saying that, I want to just re- to enter in it with this thought. As you read Judges, as you transition to Judges 13, we've learned about Samson's parents. we learned a little bit about their lives. And now you're going to transition into the life of Samson. Now you get to... Uh, 1325 and you read this and the spirit of the Lord began to stir him while he was in Manadan between Zorah and Istel now something's going to happen in, in Samson's life that I think most of you have experienced most of you have experienced God doing something in your own personal life it's like God grabbed a hold of you and showed you something if you go back and look over your life, you'll see different... And those are things I call miracles. Uh, you've heard me... Um, well, you haven't heard me probably share this one. Uh, when we first got to South Africa, uh, we were going to do an, an, an all-night event. Uh, I was attending um, a Rand Park Ridge uh, Baptist Church. Lee Robinson was the pastor. Uh, great guy, South African. Loved the Lord. Been involved at, at Honey Ridge for quite a while. Not, I've been attending Honey Ridge Baptist Church. What did I say? Santon Bible Church. So whatever. Anyway, I was at Honey Ridge Baptist Church. That was a church that we attended while we were in South Africa. And uh, Lee and, and Harry and I, Harry, uh, Reed and I were sitting down with, with uh, Lee. And he said, Lee, we want to run a youth event. We want you to share the gospel. And we are going to ask you to give an invitation. Now, Lee had been in the ministry many, many years. And he really didn't like giving invitations. And so we went over this a couple different times because all we knew at Word of Life as we were young guys, all we knew is let's have a lot of fun. Let's tell students about Jesus and ask them to come forward. So we did the event and we said to Lee, Lee, it's, it's your opportunity to speak. You share and you give the gospel. And, you, and if you really don't want to let, you know, ask anybody to come forward, I'll just step up and ask them to come forward. He did it, shared the gospel, people came forward. At the end, he came to me and said, we don't do this. We've never seen this done this way. And people came forward. We don't understand. And I just said, you know, God, this is all I've ever seen. This is the years that I've been involved with Word of Life. And God was really stirring in my life. Not necessarily Lee's life, but in my life. Just keep telling truth. Let God do what he's going to do. If there was five people. I don't remember how many students came forward that night. Uh, That was not a priority for me in ministry. I just wanted to watch students put their faith in Jesus Christ. And so I've seen that happen. I've watched God do a lot of different things. But in saying that, you have to. And there's this tension in this passage of Scripture. As you look to Judges 14, where we're going to go, we're going to watch a young man 
that will see God do amazing things with him, but he's always going to be tempted to do the wrong thing. There's this whole friction going on in this, in this chunk of scripture. So as you enter into to Judges chapter 14, I do recognize the friction and I'm not going to fix the friction for you, okay? So if you leave here and you want me to fix the friction, I have no idea how to do it. You go home and ask the Holy Spirit. Maybe he'll tell you tonight as you study the Word of God together. But I want you to know as you, as sometimes you just read right past 25 and then you just jump right into Samson. And Samson kind of just goes off in the deep end as we get started. We don't know a whole lot about Samson, but we're going to jump in two feet and it's going to be a mess when we get started. But I want you to remind you that God is in the background. I'm not saying... This is my other struggle. I'm not saying God is approving Samson's sin, but God's going to use Samson's sin. And I don't know how, to, how that all works in my own heart. You know, I just, I kind of like it all to be squeaky clean and it all works out right. But none of us have a testimony like that, do we? All of us have a testimony where we failed. And in our failures... We step back and we've got some healing from Jesus, healing from the Holy Spirit. And those failures are what God uses for us to be able to communicate with other people. So this morning, we're going to get a chance to look at Samson's failure. But in, in, and as we go there, I want to bring back the word faith. And I would just, as I've been thinking about the word faith, um, this is a thought I have. Fully abiding in the Holy Scriptures. Faith. Me as an individual saying this book is truth and I'm going to abide. I'm going to be obedient to these scriptures. Faith. Here we go. Judges chapter 14 verse 1. Samson went down to Timar and saw a young Philistine woman. When he returned, he said to his father and mother, I have seen a Philistine woman. Now get her for me as my wife. His father and mother replied, it's not acceptable. Is there not an acceptable woman among your relatives or among our people? Must you go to the uncircumcised Philistine to get a wife? Okay, so I want you to stop right there. I want you to be aware of this. Samson has and will see God do amazing things through his life. But Samson is going to have a choice to do what is right or to do what is wrong. When we pick it up in Judges chapter 14, we get this concept. Samson saw and said, this is what I want no matter if it's right or wrong. That's Samson's heart right now. No matter if it's right or wrong. Now I'm going to show you some things. This is something, and if you, if you want a, an interesting read, this is where I'm using some of my resources out of this book. Uh, it's called Fight, Winning the Battles That Matter Most. It's really written for men. Um, I mean, ladies, you can read it, but this is the book that I've been looking through. This is one of my pastor's uh, friends, David Richardson. He, um, he recommended this book to me, and so I've been looking at it for a little while, actually. So some of my thoughts and things come out of this, uh, this book uh, written by Craig. As we start out with the life of Samson, I want you to think about this word, lust. Samson's going to start out... And we get a chance to look at his life from this perspective. I want it. I deserve it. I can handle it. That's where Samson is right now in the beginning of chapter 14. I want it. I deserve it. I can handle it. It's very interesting. 
that we're going to watch a man that God is going to do unbelievable things with, but this man is going to choose himself over God. We'll get to, and not at the end, we'll see at the end, he'll make, he'll, it'll change. But as we, we're going to get a chance to look at this. I believe it's there for you and I to look, look at and really struggle with because most of us live our lives this way. I want it. I deserve it. I need it. We're having a tendency to live in the entitlement age. We're having a tendency to say to sin, you know what? I can handle this sin. It's not really a big deal. It's not really going to affect anybody. I reminded you last week, you will be the first one in history that ever plays with sin and never suffers consequences. If you really think this, you can handle it, you'll be the first one in history to be able to do it. To dabble in sin and, not, and, not, and that have no negative consequences in your life. A loving God's not going to allow you to do that, so you can try, but it's going to cost you. Now, here's something that's really interesting. Samson saw something that was forbidden. Samson is a good Jewish boy. He knows that Philistines are off limits. How does he know that? Well, let's go to two passages of Scripture. Go to Exodus. Okay. We're going to put up two passages of Scripture. Exodus 34, 16. And then Deuteronomy. So let's go to Exodus 34, 16. Thirty-four, sixteen, And when you choose some of their daughters as wives, your sons and those daughters uh, don't, as they prostitute themselves to their gods, they will lead your sons to do the same. So if I'm going to choose a spouse, um, which in the Old Testament days, I really like this. And I'm going to say this and it's not going to make any sense to you. But Rachel, this is what I think is the best way we should do this as parents. Rachel actually said to me the other day that she listens to the messages to see if I tell any stories about her on Sunday morning. So this is what I think is best, Rachel. So when you listen to this, this is for you. I think it's, I love the Old Testament way they did it. The parents chose their spouses. As a dad, I think that is awesome. As a dad, if I'm seeing a family prostitute themselves to false gods, guess what? I'm not going to walk over and say, you know what? Why don't you join our family? Why don't you just buy this? Because what's usually going to happen? Those, my children will follow that. If you also go to Deuteronomy 7, verse 3. Do not intermarry with them. Do not give your daughters to their sons or take their daughters for your sons. For they will turn your sons away from the following of, to serve other gods. Samson knew that this young lady would be off limits. But it's amazing to me that we've got somebody that we're going to watch God do unbelievable things with and God's going to allow this young man to get involved in something that is forbidden. He's going to allow Samson to walk into this sin and just go for it. 
It's amazing to me as I think about the life of Samson, and I don't want to be, I don't want to be too judgmental because I think well, there's a lot of Samson sitting in this room and standing right here. There's a lot of us that have seen God do miracles, amazing, amazing things, but we still say, I want it, I deserve it, I can handle it. And we get involved over here, we mess around. Most people have no idea, but it's going to cost you one day. There should have been, in, in my thought process, there should have been some guardrails. There should have been some things that Samson would have said, you know what, no matter, and we think that she's beautiful, no matter if she is beautiful, that's a guardrail in my life that I shouldn't go there. Because I've been committed to a Nazarite vow. Everybody knows I'm a Jew. Everybody knows I've been set apart. Everybody knows that I'm not involved in alcohol. Everybody can see that I'm not cutting my hair. And everybody of that day will hear about the strength of Samson. It's not going to be hidden. But it's almost like Samson is putting his fist in God's face and saying, You know what, God? I didn't choose this for my life, and I'm going to do what I want to do when I want to do it. Have any of you ever done that before? Yeah, we all have. And so as we look at the life of Samson, I want to remind you of this. Your sin will always, or most of the time, involve somebody else. Samson was going to have to involve his dad. If Samson's going to marry this woman, mom and dad are going to have to be involved. Mom and dad are going to have to go meet these people. Now, I don't know. I don't know what took place in dad's heart. But we got a chance to look at dad a little bit last week. He was a man of faith. Was Samson's father perfect? No. But he was a man of faith. He wanted the angel to teach him how to raise his child. Now, can you imagine as dad, as Samson's father, and mom, all the things that mom sacrificed for those nine months so that Samson would not have eaten any, any unclean food, all that stuff that mom went through. Can you imagine now Samson sitting down with mom and dad saying, Dad, this is what I want. Can you imagine the heartbrokenness of his father? I wonder how many sleepless nights Samson's dad just laid in bed and begged Jesus. Jesus, this is what's best for my son. God, this is going to cost my son. God, I've spent hours raising this kid. I've been telling him stories about you. God, what in the world are you doing? Have any of you ever been there before with your children? Yeah. We got one on us. The rest of you will meet you afterwards. You can come down front and confess. (laughs) Not starting out 2015 very good, so... uh, I have to have a meeting and see how we're going to handle all this. We have, haven't you? If you've got parents, if you've got, if you're a parent, your hearts walk around on a string and it's called your children, and there ain't nothing you can do to protect it. I don't care how hard you try; it's out there for the whole world to see. You know what I know? All of our children are going to make unwise decisions. That's a real great information. That's encouragement. All of your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren, you know what they all are? Besides wonderful, incredible, the best great-grandchildren in the the whole world, they're sinners. 
There's a battle for their soul. You know what probably some of us should really do? Sit down with our children and just let them know that you weren't perfect. Sit down with your grandchildren. Just an advice, ice cream works really good. Say, you know what? It's okay if you make a mistake. I love to watch athletics. You know what's so sad is when a kid makes a mistake, he gets screamed at. If I missed the ground ball, or I messed up at home plate, or I messed up at a basketball game, you know who knew, you know who knew first off who messed up? When you messed up, who knows first? You do. But you're all trying to be perfect, aren't you? You're all trying to make somebody happy. I tried real hard for a long time. Now I'm just working on making him happy. Because I'll never make all of you happy. It's impossible. What I've learned as I've sat down and thought my way through this life of Samson. Samson's sin cost his parents. And I want to tell you something. Your sin's going to cost somebody. And so as I, look at, at, as I look at Samson, he's saying, you know what? I know God is going to do something in my life. He's going to see. And we're going to read on. You're going to see some of the amazing things that Samson, God does in Samson's life. And Samson would have done none of these things unless God was part of him. But as I think about it, here's two, here's two thoughts amongst this. You know, Samson saw and, and said, this is what I want, no matter if it's right or wrong. It would have been good for Samson to, to keep his mind in check. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. Take every thought captive. Another thing that would have been great for Samson to be aware of is James chapter 1, 13 through 15. All of you, all of you are going to be tempted. But when does temptation become sin? When you dwell on it. When you think about it. When you allow, as one of, somebody said this morning, we were talking about sin, it's like the bird that's going to fly to your head and there's going to be a thought that just flies in. If you allow that thought to roost in your mind, that's sin. You should take that thought captive and send it out. Has sin ever led to any positive actions? No. So if you're a Samson sitting in this room... And you want it your way, somebody around you is going to pay the price. My word of encouragement for you this morning, take your thought captive. Go back to the book of James and remind yourself that sin will only lead to death. That's where sin leads. Always, always, always will lead to death. This morning... As I share that, I want to show you this. You play games with sin, your loved ones will pay the price. 
If you're Samson sitting in this room this morning and you want it your way, if I was you, I would fall on my face before Jesus right now. You can do it. don't have to do it in the, you know, the floor or whatever. But in your heart, you'd say, Jesus, I surrender. If there's something beating in your heart this morning saying, hey, you know what? You better pay attention. If you're headed for destruction, I would challenge you. There's only one person that's going to set you free. His name is Jesus. Because if you play games in this area of your life, you're going to do what Samson did to his parents. You're going to make them pay. And there will be tears. I also want to share with you this morning that as I look at the life of Samson, even though Samson was going in the wrong direction, God still moved in his life. And I, I, I see that as I read on. So read on with me. But uh, so we pick it up in verse uh, 5. Samson went down to Tinma together with his father and her mother. As they approached the vineyard, suddenly a young lion came roaring toward them. The Spirit of the Lord came upon him in power, so that he tore the lion apart with his bare hands, as he might have torn a young goat. But he neither told his father nor his mother what he had done. And he went down and he, and he talked with the woman and he liked her. I want you to stop there. What we know is, from Scripture, is Samson is in one part of the vineyard. Why he's separated from his parents, I have no idea. But I know this. A young lion came toward Samson. Now, I know you live in America and you have a false concept of lions. I'd love to take you to um, South Africa, to Pilonsburg National Park. We'd like to introduce you to a lion. If you stand close to a lion and they take their tongue and lick your skin, your skin will be gone off your arm. So a lion is not something, obviously, that you play games with. Can you imagine what Samson must have felt like after he tore a lion apart? First off, I don't, I've never, I can't imagine grabbing anything and just ripping it apart, let alone a lion. Where did Samson get his strength? The Lord. Do you think Samson knew that? I think he did. Now how arrogant, and and we're going to get a chance to see. (laughs) Samson is a pretty arrogant joker. Who's really just like you. I mean, Samson is not a whole lot different, but when the the Holy Spirit comes upon Samson, he does unbelievable things. He rips a young lion up. I could imagine what it must have been talked like around Samson and his buddies, man. He didn't tell his parents. But you know you have to tell somebody. And so what's amazing is you're going to watch the arrogance of Samson grow. Read on with me. Sometime later when he went back to marry her, he turned aside to look at the lion carcass. It was swarming with bees and honey. He scooped his hand in there and he ate. And he went along and he rejoined his parents. He gave them some and they ate it too. So what was Samson's vow? He's a Nazarite vow. What's one of the rules? No dead bodies. So this guy is so arrogant, 
He reaches down in the dead body, takes out the honey. He eats it for himself. That's a no, 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 no. Then what does he do? He takes it to who? That's not right. But it's, it's amazing. It's amazing how dumb you are when you get involved in sin. It's amazing how sin dumps you down. That's a quote from my father-in-law. How dumb are you, Samson? You're really that arrogant to think that your God is not going to hold you to a standard. That your God that came upon you and gave you power is not going to hold you responsible. Will there be consequences for Samson's sin? Yeah, there are. Will there be consequences for your sin? Yes, there will. There's no second guessing here. Samson saw the power the Spirit gave him. I'm sure there was no other Jewish boy that ripped the lion apart. But this Jewish boy was so arrogant that after he ripped the lion apart, when he was going back to marry the person that he was not supposed to be involved with in the first place, he wanted to make a pit stop. He wanted to walk past one more time so that he would know he's the man. And when he went past one more time to show himself that he was the man, he just didn't say, I'm the man. He reached down and grabbed the honey and said, yes, I really am the man. And then he took that honey to his dad and to his mom in his total arrogance. Say, hey, dad, here's some honey for you. I don't know where we are this morning as each of us individually. I don't know how dumb we are right now when it comes to playing games with sin. But this is a wake-up call. This is in my Bible to get my attention. This is in my life to just remind me how arrogant and how dumb I can be or we could be or you could be if you play games with sin this morning. And I just want to show you a little bit farther how arrogant, how really arrogant Samson was. Read on, verse 12. Let me tell you a riddle. And, and I don't have time to do all this, but I think there was a huge party. So not only did Samson at, reach down and, and eat honey, I think leading up to this, this wedding... There was a lot of alcohol involved. This is what I think. I don't have biblical uh, thoughts right here. But there, what normally happened was a big feast. And so I'm sure there was some alcohol and there's a lot of things going on. So you got Samson now says this. Let me tell you a riddle. Samson said to them, if you give me the answer within seven days of the feast, I will give you 30 linen garments and 30 sets of clothes. If you tell me the answer, you must give me 30 linen, linen not lemon, Linen garments and 30 sets of clothes. Tell us your riddle, they said. Let's hear it. He said, out of, out of the eater, something eat. Out of the strong, something sweet. For three days, 
They could not give him an answer. Now, can you imagine him walking around town for three days thinking how much of a big britches he really was? You know what's really interesting is? There's going to be 30 people that are going to die because of Samson's arrogance. And you can just see how, how much hatred he had toward the Philistines. Look how bad the Philistines are. Then, verse 16. Then Samson's wife threw himself on her, sobbing. You hate me. You don't, you don't really love me. You've given my people a riddle, but you haven't told me the answer. Why is, his, why is his wife so passionate? Because the Philistines have come alongside and said, you know what, unless you get the answer, we're going to kill your family. We're going to burn So there's some desperation in this woman's heart that her family's lives are at stake unless they figure out the riddle. You've heard the story you've seen in the Sunday school class. They answer the riddle. He tells, so they go and tell him the answer. So then look what happens. Verse 19. Then the spirit of the Lord came upon him in power. He went down to Ashkenazim, struck down 30 of their men, stripped them of their belongings, and gave their clothes to those who explained the riddle. Burning with anger, he went up to his father's house, and Samson's wife was given to the friend who was attending him at the wedding. There's something here I don't understand. I know God wants to get with, at the Philistines, but God gave Samson the power to get, take, take the clothes of 30. Not, I don't know for sure if they, he killed them all. He struck them down, so I don't know for sure if that's... If Killed them all, or if he just knocked 30 people out and took their clothes. What's really interesting, when we get to the end of this book, we're going to get a chance to see Samson's heart before the Lord. So this morning, as I think about it, Two thoughts is all I have this morning. Samson saw and said, this is what I want, no matter if it's right or wrong. God used Samson even though he was going in the wrong direction. What's very interesting this morning, I have no idea which direction most of you are going. But if I'm honest, I think there's some of us in this room that are struggling like Samson struggled. You want it your way now. You like to be the king of your castle. You think you make a pretty good king in your castle. But I think the Holy Spirit's going to ask you to say these words. He's going to ask you to change your thoughts from... I want it, I deserve it, I can handle it, to I want God. I deserve death, and I can't handle anything without God. What I know is true about every single one of you sitting in this room, all of us like it our way. 
And you get a chance to look at this morning at the life of Samson, of a young man that wanted it his way. And he went about it his way. He didn't get the woman in the end. She's gone. So that beautiful girl that he fell in love with, that he totally disrespected his parents for and said, you know what, I want this one. He didn't get her. We also know that 30 people suffered and they lost their clothing, maybe their life, because of Samson's arrogance. What we don't know is how many hours his daddy begged Jesus for a change of heart of Samson. And I don't know how many hours somebody's been praying for you. I don't know how many years somebody's been praying for you. But I know this. There's a tendency, and even in our family, to want to be self-centered and self-controlling. And if you keep going that way, I don't know how many slides I can put on the screen of a person in tears. I don't know how many people it's going to hurt. But I know the sooner you change your heart with the help of the Holy Spirit, you fall down and say, you know what, Jesus? (laughs) It's not about me anymore. I surrender. Because you know what the truth is? We all deserve death. Romans chapter 5 verse 8 says this. That God demonstrated his own love towards us. And that while we were yet sinners. Christ died for us. You know what God the saviors want sinners to say? You can't handle it. be really interesting and it's not this way what if what would have Samson's life would have looked like if he would have done it God's way I'm kind of excited personally that he didn't do it God's way so that we could have to wrestle with our own personal lives that God left something in scripture for us to sit down and actually think our way through And say, you know what? Go ahead. Try it your way. Leave the wake of crying bodies, crying souls, crying people. That's what you're going to leave. Do it God's way. It's a lot different. You should pray with me. Father, as we sit in this room, I don't know which one that the Holy Spirit is talking to besides myself. I don't know who you are. But I know there's people sitting in this room this morning that there's a still, small voice deep down in your soul saying, you know what, he's talking to you. I'm not talking to you. Jesus is talking to you. He put something in scripture that he wanted you to wrestle with this morning. He wanted you to come face to face with Samson. And it's really easy as we sit in this room to point our finger at Samson and say, you know what, Samson? You're a loser. You really messed this thing up, Samson. And all along, the Holy Spirit's pointing three more fingers right back at your chest saying, I'm talking to you. Holy Spirit's talking to you this morning. 
my word of encouragement to you is just surrender. Say, yep, that's me, Jesus. I acknowledge it this morning. I surrender. And then once you surrender, I would challenge you to ask the Holy Spirit to change your life from the inside out. There's always going to be a tendency for every single one of us sitting in this room to think we deserve the parking spot, to think we deserve a seat, to think we deserve the short lines, to think we deserve that life should be easy. You can thank that to Adam and Eve. But what I believe the Holy Spirit is talking to us as a family is to say no longer we deserve, but we surrender. We deserve death. We've been given life through the power of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. If you're here this morning and you'd like somebody to pray with you, we have What's Next Ministry out the back, second door on the left. We'd love to pray with you. There'll be people there. I don't know what's going on in your heart. I know this, when Jesus speaks, he speaks very loudly and very clearly. But you have to give up and you have to surrender and you have to get out of the way. So Holy Spirit, whoever needs to surrender in this family, help us to surrender. May we fall on our face and say, we want you to do what you want to do in our lives. We do not want to leave a wake of crying people because we want it to be all about ourselves. It's your name, Jesus, I pray. Amen.